to another episode of Supercoach Insider. My name is Ben. And I'm Swizz. And thank you for joining us for the Swizz Gives Shit to Mates podcast. Thank you for joining us. Uh, before we move on, SC Insider 100, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch. Also search for Supercoach Insider on the YouTube. Thank you for everyone that's been commenting on that going nuts. And all your audio platforms. This one will probably be a YouTube exclusive. So otherwise, Spotify, SoundCloud, um, Stitcher, you name it, find us. Just find us. Say hey. Swizz, how are we doing here today? You have some dilemmas, mates sending you their team, saying the Royal Swizz, the Choo Choo Master, is giving advice and they're sending you shit, mate. What's going on? Yeah, that's yeah, it's good. We're always happy to take some um, you know, time to look at other people's teams and a few people you know, wanted our opinions and then they were asking to have a look at my team and then I was getting fucking shit canned, which was very interesting and that. So, you know, especially when... You know, I finished inside the top thousand three times out of the last five years, and these guys, you know, fucking back in the twenty thousands and wanting shit on my team. Yeah. So fuck these them. these young whippersnippers, they have no <laughs> respect, no respect. Uh, okay, so let's bring it up. So who is this person that we are looking at, Swizz, right now, with uh, the uh, Zach Bailey, the Zach fucking Bailey pick? Um, we'll have a look at. So which Duncan one we Zach we Bailey off with here. Do we start off with Tissa's team or do we start on the uh, Nico's team? Fucking Zach Bailey. Oh, that's got to be uh, Tissa's team. So, yeah, Duncan, so what have we got there Zach in the fourth Bailey, line? Duncan, Thomas. Zach Bailey, Taron Taren Thomas. Like, I don't mind, mind what they're trying to do there, but it's just not going to score. Zach Bailey, we've talked about in the Brisbane pod. Just don't think he's got the ceiling, especially with these new DPP roles. Uh, Taron Thomas is a bit the same with North Melbourne, you know, bringing in Greenwood. Um, yeah, they've got a pretty stacked midfield. So yeah, they you know, if I was looking at this and this was a keeper league, I'd be like, fucking great, great forward line. But uh, for your standard, yeah, uh, it, there's a lot of young players. I don't know why he's also got Dunkley in the midfield. Um, if you're going to play Dunk, sure, you just start him in the forward line. Um, it's just taking away from a player. So yeah, well, I did that last year and it worked yeah. out okay because Dangerfield got injured early and I was like, wonderful. And in the forward line, you get Dunkley. Um, for me, it's the, yeah the speculative nature. I mean, you've got Bailey, Thomas, and Butters, all speculative to become you know top six to ten, and sometimes that happens. But then you have Heaney as well playing midfield. Apparently, he'll probably be the last time he'll be a forward for a little while. Old Heaney, based off all the media that they keep pumping up his tires. But yeah, Zach Bailey, uh, Zach Bailey could go ninety five, a hundred. But again, with the DPP and the other things coming through. 95 to 100 probably isn't going to be good enough. Uh, Taron Thomas the same, probably a 90 to a 95 for me. Um, and you, I think you just need to, if you're looking at a breakout contender, one or two. You know, but if you're studying premiums as well, like Duncan and um, obviously looking at, oh, I've forgotten his name now, Dunkley, bloody same names basically. Um, if you're studying with a couple of those premiums, then you don't really need to go three breakouts. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. I do like Butters, and I, I love I love Zach Bailey. He's great to watch. Duncan, uh, I think you know what you're going to get. He has a high ceiling, and Duncan has pulled a lot of good scores together for the last four years or so. Just his body, um, Duncan, 
um, is just you know, on a bit of a modified preseason at the moment, but we know at least what you're getting with him. What do you feel about Rowan Marshall? I don't know why so many people are jacked up about him. Yeah, I think they're thinking he's now got the, the ruck to just himself value? and, and rider, but and probably and a little bit of value there, but I just don't. Well, it's really hard with the rucks because um, it's not set you know, in stone. Hey, it's not. Well, it's that's open. That's right. There, there. We don't know who's going to be the top ruck at the moment. I just think Darcy Elise has got the runs on the board. Where do you go from there? If Marshall um, gets forward status, it means he hasn't scored enough points in those first six weeks, and I don't think he's going to be enough to challenge Grundy as your uh, R two. Um, and, yeah, and, and that's I my problem think... with that's my problem with R two in general at the moment. Yeah. And if there are cheaper options this year, I believe is probably the year to get away from the set and forgets because we don't know. We honestly don't know who that top two and three are going to be. And we can believe, you know, Gorn maybe he might maintain it, but Jackson's up and coming. You know, Darcy, his body has been fragile before. He was saying that he's been working on his running and he's been getting fitter, but then he's also been integrated back into full, like into actual full training. So then I'm like, why hasn't he, you know, like at the moment, why hasn't he been fully going gun ho? And then you look at, um, you know, Grundy, I think will do well and is underpriced and is lighter, so he should do well. But again, you look at Marshall coming up and coming, people are talking about the big O. You, if you're picking these people, you are banking on them being top two or three. And if they're not, then that's a failed pick, regardless of how you look at it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And um, so yeah, so you I might think as well he's start cheaper. that youth there. And then, as you said about the forward line, it's sort of there's you're backing, you're going Duncan and and Dunkley, no problems there. But what happens if a couple of these forward, let's say, let's say Marshall gets forward status or Danger or Vife get forward status. So now you've ha- you're ha- hamstrung because you've got Thomas Butters and Bailey in there. So it's probably test my advice would be lose one of these forwards. Um, and then, yeah, if you're that bullish on Marshall, yeah, back yourself in on that. But, yeah, I'd be either, I'd be trying to upgrade Marshall to Grundy or, um, yeah, look, maybe, uh, yeah, it's, it's a tough one. That's also that, so. a, lot of, that's a lot of money to spend in the forward yeah, line too. It is. It's a lot of money, probably. I mean, and yeah, that's, that why, probably that's why you have to go. That's why you have to go five hundred thousand mid forward in your midfield. Yeah, exactly, because you don't have much room to move there, and that's even the defence. It's really light on the defence with just the three defenders. But Lloyd, great, that, really, Bont. we can see what he can do, and then Sicily is your D three. It's a lot of risk there. But how, even now, the the so when you look at a midfield. Right, you're trying to pick, particularly when you're starting the year, you, you, I really believe you're trying to pick top five mids. And the reason is that as the season goes on, it's always it's harder to get in midfielders than any other position. Forwards and defenders, they have the standard deviation that's bigger. So they have bigger fluctuations in their scores, which means that their price generally does bottom out and you can pick them up cheaper. Midfielders, better role, better standard deviation, and they're always priced higher because of that, which makes them harder to trade in. Now that's why I actually quite like trying to start four or five, you know, midfielders because they're hard to get in. Now, if you're starting, you know, Walsh, you believe will be a top six, Bonds and Pelly are top six, but it's like, okay, well then after that, Lockie Neal, yes, I believe great value, perfect. Dunkley, you'll probably move into the forward line, which means that you only have one more spot available in your forward line, I believe, because he had four forwards that he was banking on premium, and then that leaves Dunkley. So basically, it's Rochelle and Hollands. So Dunkley is one of those. So he has one forward mm. spot available and you're trying to fill a midfield. You've got Petrarca there. I don't mind it, but 
I, you know, Petrarca, again, you're, you're banking on him being a top six to eight or six to 10 midfielder. It's a, it's a funny one. The rest of the midfield, I can't really fault. Um, Chessa probably has him there for a bit of security to possibly go into defense. Not a big fan of putting 150,000 K on my bench in general, just because I like to maximize cash on field. Defense is probably where it's weak though. You look at um, just reliant on rookies, left, right, and center. Lloyd, Ridley, Sicily. Lloyd locked in Sicily and Ridley are probably more speculative because you're hoping on roll and them achieving their best without any of the negative side. And then three rookies that you're banking on doing well and making money and keeping their spot on field. Uh, that's tough for me. Defense is the weakest line. Yeah, no, exactly. So, yeah, it's probably the, I would say it's the sort of shit that probably wins super coach, but no, super, um, Emily would have not done <laughs> done anything like this last year. So yeah, it's, it's one of those. Yep. I said like the midfield, but I'd probably move one of those forwards and turn them into a defender. And that'd probably balance his team out a little bit more. Yeah. I understand the guns and rookies approach to, you know, like the defensive line, but I haven't yet to see that much guarantee unless the rookies come out and look absolutely golden, then sure guns and rookies in the defensive line. But at this stage, it looks like you're going to need probably four and, you know, decent players in defense to kind of cover that similar to last year. But there's so many forward rookies and midfield rookies at this point in time, so you can definitely afford to load up in your defense a little more than elsewhere. All right, let's move on to the move next on. one, Stuart and Richie. Yeah, this is now this is Nico, great bloke, great cricketer, great bowler, chucks the ball, but um, but yeah, his team needs some serious work. He asked me today, well, well he must be any a chucker with my time. Throwing... Well, I am going to rip you, Nico. Well, he must be a chucker to be throwing fucking Alira Alira and Young into your defensive line. <laughs> must have must have thrown thrown this together with about fifteen degrees of separation. Yeah, well, he bowls with probably more than the fifteen and that in the old arm. But yeah, some of these picks and 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 like everyone plays it differently. But I think some people are getting too carried away with these sort of mid prices. Um, the right mid price are yeah, by all means take a risk on. But what are you looking for? If we start off with the defence there um, or even the forward line like we can mention with George Yardis you're looking for somebody who's got that role change and you're looking who isn't you know, there that, that, that 10, <laughs> he's 15, looking for someone that's not there but he, yeah some of these players it's just there's no there's no role change there happening and that Alira Alira you know we know what he's going to do he did a great job last year but yeah they're better he had a great three. year last year I don't think he's going to yeah. top that no he's not you know what I mean? and there's, and there's no there. Some people like point of differences for point of difference sake. Now, yep. unfortunately, if you're the only one to pick a spud, then you're the only one peeling that spud. When everything exactly. falls down, you'll be having, you know, spudnik and everyone else will be living in gold. So, yeah, Alir Alir and Young definitely should be gone. I think having a 198K defender on your bench is also a bad move. That should be on field. Let's assume that's a mistake. Um yeah, it's a lot of money there. So I, I quite like, you know, the Stuart and the Rich and the Ridley. I'm not a sh sold on Stuart yet. I know some people are. I was even having a chat today to a big Geelong nutter at work, big fan. And I just said with, you know, with um, Lockie Henderson gone, I'm like, who, who's who's playing accountable in their defensive line? You know, Henry's also a, a, you know, an intercept kind of mark who floats in, um, unless it's DeConing, uh, De who's a, a tall boy anyway. But he was, do you know what I mean? Are they going to put him back there 
to play accountable because we know Stewart played accountable against Charlie Cameron. Didn't do a very good job. Was running up and down and, you know, like he played accountable on Charlie Cameron. So who's playing tall accountable for Geelong with Lockie Henderson gone? Yeah, well, and this this is where the point of difference, like the That's why I'm worried. Don't like, but the Stuart the Stuart Rich, like I can live with that a little bit more with the point of difference. Yeah. Even though Stuart's actually in sixteen percent of teams, but yeah, 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 no, you make a great point about Geelong's makeup now. So there's Flixarves go back, um, De Conning playing more games, but they'd like to free Stuart up, and he's a great interceptor, but. Yeah, they're but a little bit I don't bit see Henry. I don't see now. Henry playing accountable though, hmm. unless it's on a smaller yeah. person. Exactly. Like, so yeah, it's, that like... makeup of that side, Daniel Rich, he's just going to probably do exactly what he did. I think he's probably yep. a little bit overpriced that for what he is, especially if Zorko goes back down there. Yep, um, agreed. I think so. Ridley's I just fair. Think there are better options, and and you want. We were talking about this before about trying to, you know, you don't want don't need too many difference to start the 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 season. So we know Lloyd. It's in 43%. I was getting bagged for having Whitfield in my side. Uh, 41%. You know, you, there's a lot of, there's not much risk, even Sicily, 33%, because a lot of the top players will have these guys. So, yeah, you could drop a Lear a Lear down to a Sicily type. Um, or, and you can even look at maybe Rich down to Whitfield. Um, it's going to make you 80K there straight off. And, and you've got a guy that's in, you know, one out of every two teams. Yeah, I'm with you. So, yeah, Lear a Lear and Young for me. Um... If you want a mid-pricer, for me, it's probably Miller, uh, even Coleman. And, um, yeah, I think that's probably it as far as mid-price range. Otherwise, try and find that extra defender if you can. I'd rather go the extra 23000 on a Lear and get Whitfield, and then that would actually look a lot stronger for me. Uh, moving into the midfield there, Bontepelli. So you've got, you know, basically going the cheaper option, the young option. Don't mind the young option. I've been saying I think it's a young a young takeover this year. Both both teams have this. I think they've both got the exact same midfield, but um, Bont Walsh, Merritt, where a lot of people. Oh, Merritt, are no, I think Merritt is a newer one compared no, to the no, last one. No, I'm pretty sure the other team actually had Merritt as well. No, he had, yeah, he had Petrarca. Oh, he had Petrarca, did he? Yeah, oh, this one. Yes, look, they so, look similar. Yeah. <laughs> um, <to laughs> so, same, same problem though. Another forward in your midfield, um, if you can help it, unless you are so dire and strapped for cash, or you're you're not sure. If that midfield is you know going to be the makeup, so last year I think we looked at the dogs and we didn't know who was, you know, which midfielder was going to dominate, and there was a bit of uncertainty. So I end up putting Dunkley into that forward, into the midfield as a forward, to provide some flexibility. Um, I think realistically, you want can, to try and start ben, your forwards. Can I just say line. straight off there, mate? There's ten thousand one hundred and four people that have Toronto in their team. Change him out now. Uh, like he's apart from the fact he frustrates you because of his disposal efficiency. They've Toby Green's out for the first few weeks. Brett Daniels has just gone down too. They have no one else to play small forward or up in the forward line for them. Toronto and has been earmarked as their forward. They've already said he's been he'll be playing forward flank more than usual. Uh, that was on their website, I believe. Um, um, was it Cornelio? Apparently, is playing has been training eighty percent sort of mid, and will has been dominating as getting confidence and doing well contested ball in the forward line and in the midfield. So I believe he'll have a better split than he has previously. Um, Robertson is an issue for me. I like him, but again, you're picking a breakout for 343000 I think Raul has much better upside for the same price. I'd rather go with Jerry Berry and save yourself 80000 and he'll make you more money, in my opinion. Um, yeah, Stevens, again, you look at the bench here. Brody, Stevens. Hobbs, that's so much money on the bench. 
Warner, is that Young Warner? I can't see how. Let me go. Yeah, I think that's Young Warner. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Young Warner, fair enough. But yeah, Hobbs, there's so much money on the bench. You're there's looking a lot at 150, of 162, Bombers, 220, way too much money on the bench. Yeah, Bombers played their um, uh, one of their intra copy games today or something or match sim and that. And Hobbs again was lining up in the midfield getting CBAs. That's the second match sim in a row that he's been playing there. Okay. Interesting. So, All but, right. So for me, yeah, too much money on the bench. Um, and it's been kind of a common thing. I see, I've seen a few teams, Benny, where people slotting some of these guys on the bench and you really want, you know, your 123, your 117 and your 102 guys on the bench there. And that'll able to take your Taranto up to your, you know, your 580, 600,000 player right there, or even your Robertson. Um, yeah, if you're not spending so much money on the bench and like, I know we like these guys. And if you're, if you can't decide between having Hobbs and Stevens and, Horn Francis and Dacos McRae, Stevens, like, because there's a lot of them. Well, move out one of your uh, primo midfielders. In this case, you know, just take out Taranto, put them on field and just get another 102K. We're going to have a ton of midfield rookies to choose from. But, so, but even if you went, say, Robertson down to, say, a, hmm. you know, a Barry, or even just got rid of him, you know, yeah. Taranto to maybe someone better, obviously. But even if you just look at, you know, Brody, Stevens and Hobbs, what's that, like 30, 50... So eighty thousand plus a hundred thousand. So you're looking at hundred and eighty thousand just extra cash in his midfield bench. And then all of a sudden you go, Okay, well, Georgiadas, you throw hundred and eighty thousand on that, you pretty much hit five hundred. Do you know what I mean? So it's like a Georgiadas yeah. to a five hundred thousand dollar player by just your bench. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's a Georgiadas or a Dustin Martin equivalent of five thousand K. Basically, five thousand dollars. Hey, can I have George Aldis? Or just by not having my bench parked with a whole fuck ton of cash, I can have a Dustin Martin type. You know, it's a that's just based off what I'm seeing here. Uh, yeah. Lynch for me is, is an issue. Um, who's the other Hawks Ruckman? Reeves and Reeves. Um, I think Reeves had first dig in their intra club. Um, Lynch could get opportunities, definitely could, but he won't be set in stone for that role. It's going to be either depth or if he does perform, he'll get a gig, but then he's not set for it because Reeves could easily overflip him. Williams, again, same with the money on the bench. Uh, I get it if you're, hey, ruck forward, but if you're going to have that, you might as well have him actually on field in your forward line with a cheaper forward ruck option on your bench so you can have some cover if you were set on that. Um, give it a miss is another give it a miss by don't park so much money on your <laughs> pine, uh, which is just a common theme. That's You look at how much that bench is there's so much potential for on field and remember on field is all that counts bench cover is great if you have someone down or to loophole a rookie that goes well but your bench does not give you scores it does not help you each week it does not help you in rank it does not help you in your uh, leagues it just helps you generate cash that's it yep, and cover exactly. all right benny do you have my team there mate um i think i might McRae, Bontempelli, Tom Mitchell, Lockie yeah, Neal, Berry, like Dacos team. Ward. Ooh, not bad. Oh, you're getting on the Heaney train. Oh, I've moved Ooh. on to the Heaney train. And this is what amazing. Too, One guy that I sent my team was bagging the shit out of me because they're like, to go in Heaney, you can't have those guys. And it's like, so the thinking around my team at the moment is like, I like mid forwards that are going to play midfield. And I'm, I don't want to buy into the hype, but Heaney at the moment is training the midfield. Well, it's going to happen at some point. So for now, 
He's there. But it's been reinforced. It's been, it has reinforced, been reinforced many times, and that's why yeah. he's he is definitely on the consideration, and he's been in and out of my time uh, in my in and out of my team. For me, it's just more structure as to whether I can fit him in. Mm. Um, Dunkley is an issue. If you're going Dunkley, Heaney, Butters, then all of a sudden your you know, your Reynolds, your Kernows, and all the cheaper options kind of disappear because it doesn't work for structure. You can't be going and having three premium forwards and then still being able to fit in like two. You know, after you have Canelio, who you're definitely having in, that's four, and it becomes thin. You don't want to be having expensive players in your two hundred fifty thousands in your F five and six if you can help it. Yeah, so, exactly. uh, and then when you have McGinnis as well, one hundred forty thousand, it just like the room just disappears, and then all of a sudden these good rookies, you know, like your Cobans and your Hollands and stuff. It's like, well, where are you going to put them if mm. you're having all these players filled in with rookies? So. Uh, man, I'm liking it. Hey, Heaney, for me, I'm definitely big on. And again, Dugowie maybe still gets enough forward time, but Heaney, it sounds like he'll be a mid-only next year. Butters will be a mid-only next year. So, And Dugowie could be, depending. So it's it's one of those good situations because a person playing midfield can easily average you 100 better than a forward can. Yeah, exactly. And, that, and I've left the room there of those other three. It'll either be a case, I want to have a look at Dunk. We, we know what we can get from Duncan. Dunkley, I'm still not 100%, you know, convinced. I know 50% have easy, him. Like easy draw, he, though. He easy has an draw. easy draw and had a ripping start last year, but there's a guy named Adam Trelaw who had a great final series. And do they go with him over? Um, and then they've You'll also be got swung. Still, I, the eye test in McCray. the preseason. Yeah, so it's a watch for me for Dunkley. It could change You'll that. Be swung. Um, You'll be Ruxley. swung on him or Trelaw. Him or Trelaw will yep. definitely t- entice you during the preseason. I'm not sure exactly. which one. Yeah, it sucks. Uh, You're right. Darcy and Grundy are just speak for themselves. Um, I've, I have had Darcy in and out because I might go the cheaper ruck, but at the moment I'm not confident with Wits and Proust and those sort of guys, so I've gone the more expensive ruck and just locked them in. That midfield... Like the Bulldogs draw, have, a, have I'm sure we all talk about it in the Bulldogs podcast, but yeah, there's some games there that I really like the idea of having McRae and Bont. Like Bont, it, we know he's a yo-yo of scoring, that, but they love him in Supercoach world. So um, yeah, on his day, he can go massive. So that could, McRae and Bont could very easily become Olive, Olive and Steele or Miller. Um, but yeah, for now, I, I like the two doggy guys and I think they're going to be hurting for losing that grand final. So I'm going to come out strong. Tommy Mitchell and Neil are just ball magnets and I think well, both offer value. And then you've got Barry with Dakes and Ward. Ward's just smashing the track down at Hawthorne's training. Had a mate walking the dog, Painey, uh, was giving me the uh, bit of feedback there. And yeah, Ward's apparently been looking really good, running, keeping up and running with the midfield group. So yeah, and then the cheaper rookies, the little Gold Coast guy coming in um, after a couple of days ago. His numbers in the sandfall have been awesome, and most likely that uh, the the late that St Kilda guy uh, Haynes, when he gets put in, will find a, his spot in there. But why well, he's not there for now? And then moving on to the back line, Benny boy. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So uh, Lloyd and Crisp, I've been Crisp. And Hall has been interchanging. Yeah, Chris has been in and out of mine as well, more because he's been a notorious like 90-odd average player for quite a while. And if he's playing midfield, then sure, he could definitely maintain that. Uh, He had really good standard deviation, didn't go too low, but he also didn't go too high. 
So for me, it's, he's not really going to burn you that much. He's not going to pull out this real massive score that absolutely just you know fucks you over and he's all of a sudden priced out, which yeah, is kind of why he's been getting out of my side at times. Yeah, and he, he's been the same. Aaron Hall's been in there up until today and I've kind of just made the switch when I was just playing around with things. So it's probably going to end up being one of them. It's just who I like better. Jaden Short hasn't left my side. Like, what's he in at the moment, mate? It's I think it's still seven percent, ten percent or so. Ten percent now. Yeah, eight percent. I don't know. Could be twelve. Yeah, it's eight percent. So, like, yeah, he's an absolute bargain. We with with Hooli in the side, he was averaging ninety five. Without Hooli, one hundred and five. Like that, there's value there for a guy who's going to be the main man coming out of Richmond's defence. And he's young too, so now it's like it's yours. He's now getting older, so it's your it's your ball. He now knows it's reliant on him, and everyone knows it's reliant on him. So, yeah, for me, short, yeah, no-brainer. It's He's probably been one of the biggest. Him and Lloyd have probably been the staples, like real stable in my side. Uh, Whitfield's kind of been in and out. It's the price point that keeps dragging me back, unfortunately. And, um, yeah, apart from that, I'm a little bit unsettled with my other two spots in defense, and I think four. I feel good with four at this point. Um, I've even tried like Miller and stuff and I'm like, oh, it just doesn't sit right. I think there's such good forward value that I don't need to go a mid-price defender. So I don't mind it. I, the rookies are all the same. It's all rookie watch at the moment, really. Uh, my team, it's not even like this. This was like an old team, but I'll bring it up anyway. Um, kind of, you know, uh, structure's been similar though, like four defenders with a couple of rookies. And just trying to sort of work that out as far as price-wise. I'm keen on steel, more because I had a look at their, their their drawer as well. It looks quite soft early. And with the new tackling rules, I think it's going to really help out steel. So he's also had, I think, some of the most 150-plus scores in the comp. So I'm keen on him. Tuk Miller's probably been in and out of my side, more because I like Tuk, but he's very expensive. Suns have a pretty tough draw to start with. I've had him interchanging with Bontempelli because they have a soft draw. And I've also had him down to Tom Mitchell, again, just being a pig status, but that Tom Mitchell buys me quite a lot of dollars. So it's yeah. all just price points at this point in time. Uh, Horn Francis has kind of been on my side. Yeah. Eight day cost. I'm not no, sold sorry, on ben, either. I'm just going to say something about Tuke there. That yep. The other issue now, and I, as I said, I've had him in and out of my side, um, Ben King going down. Um, so that's their main focus to goal and, and those points and contested marks. So that's a big point scoring um, option there. Miller gets the ball, looks for King. That's not happening anymore. It's going to be probably Chol that's going to have to play that forward role. So, yeah, that that probably just rules Miller out for me completely now. Yeah, fair enough. Um, maybe, yeah, Raul's still pretty good value, I guess. He'll just kick it himself, Raul. He'll just yeah. run through the through the centre and bounce it and keep going. Um, I'm, Horn Francis and, and Dacos, I'm, I'm, I'm having them as play skaters. Sometimes, like the one I posted on Twitter just before, it's I've gone the cheaper option because I'm not sold on any of them. Dacos, his dad was saying, like, obviously, you know, it's a, it's a, you need to step up. It's a bigger level. Uh, you know, he's not quite there, and it's still preseason, so he might get there by playing the intra clubs in the preseason game. He might lift to the occasion and then get there and be level, uh, round one worthy. Horn Francis, the coach, has pretty much come out and given him, obviously, props. They want to give him props, but saying he's not best twenty-two right now. Now again, that could change. He's might be playing that forward flank and lead up and then get some rotations through that midfield. But it's not that uncommon for these players. They might get to round one, but realistically it's hard to expect them to get drafted 
and then what a month and a half or a month or so later they're all of a sudden they know the game schedule they know the plan they're now matching it with the big boys that have been in the system for multiple years and know the intensity and their body can handle the intensity it's a hard ask and some of these players and i'm sure they're very talented and they might actually get there by round one they really do need to get good blocks of training together and perform at intra clubs and preseason games to be there round one yeah exactly and yeah, I, it's not an easy I, it, it can't be an easy thing like it's no it can't be and i've had horn francis and mccray both sitting there just because it's easier to go down than trying to find the money to go up to them um but yeah it, i do have a bit of a worry and we've talked about we like those guys who have been in the system two or three years remember a lot of these under 18 guys um, part like Horn France is a little bit different because he has played seniors over in the Sandville, but the Victorian youngsters who are getting drafted this year have nearly had two years of their uh, juniors wiped out because of COVID here in Victoria. So you're picking players who are coming in who have barely played any footy and then you want them to catch up and try to reach senior level. Yeah, it's that's why yeah. you, someone like Sam Clark, Walsh. Oh. Yeah, that's why someone yeah, like yep. a Clark is mature age. Um, yep. These players clubs are looking more and more at because they know the rookies aren't going to have to come in and have the impact they normally would. Yeah. And that's why Sam Walsh was a freak because his fitness base was there. And then even then when he got to the club, do you know what I mean? He actually lifted and had to go to a new level. And then when he played in round one, he killed it and he kept killing it. So they just left him there. But a lot of players like North Melbourne last year was at Powell. They gave him a rest. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He got started to get beaten up and it's, it's a hard toll on the body. It's hard to back up week in and week out. They gave him a rest. And it wouldn't be surprising, you know, you look at the depth that some of these teams have, it wouldn't be surprising if, yeah, they play quite a few rounds and all of a sudden people will be cracking their shits because they're getting rested for a round. Mm-hmm. You know, it's um, the perks of Stevens. I mean, I'm not, Stevens has probably been out of my side for a little while. Uh, this is the PC that's logged in, so I'm not sure what's going on here. But <laughs> look, that's pretty much how it's been. I'm tossing up, uh, again, Darcy, I've had it my R2, or in this case R1, because he's more expensive. But I'd much rather have Tom Mitchell then Darcy, do you know what I mean? It's one of those things uh, I've considered wits. I've considered Bruce. Part of me has even gone, hey, if Hayes looks like he's going to be the number one ruck and gets it straight up, I'm like, man, maybe I would even play Hayes at R2 and, you know, Coburn as a, the the bench. Um, I, I've considered too, Benny. I'm I, like, if Hayes... Yeah, if I've Lysa, thought about it. If Lois had got a bit of a niggle and injury because Laddams has left, Hayes there with Comden and um, uh, Jack Edwards from North Melbourne, who they yeah. picked up number one in the preseason draft are both forward um, rucks. So if they were the ones, if North go, okay, we're not going to go Zeri in the team. The unfortunate thing they picked up Coleman Jones, it'd be so much better if he stayed at Richmond because um, yeah, you could just have Comden and Jack Edwards as your R3. Uh, I mean, yeah, your R3 and your D8. Yeah, risk, and risk alternate reward. them depending who's oh. in. Yeah, because I remember in years gone by, you know, whenever I was picking... Um, you know, set and forget and whatever have you. I think it was, you know, Nane Curvis and Wits were extremely cheap. And then I think there was someone else, but everything just, you know, worked out. Whoever went that option absolutely killed it. Uh, I think Nane Curvis and I think Wits as your R1, R2 ended up being probably the best starting formula. You know, it's just um, one of those things that I, I'd consider as a risk reward, knowing that I could probably trade in an English or something, worst case scenario, to kind of fix my team temporarily. Um, considerations. It's all preseason based for me. Uh, Barry, I'm definitely keen on Matty Rowell. I just can't seem to find the money for him with all the good rookies out there that are cheaper. I find it hard to fit in a Rowell at, you know, an M5 
with a Barry at M6 and Barry tends to win out because he's cheaper. But I mean, I think, I don't know, people are skeptical, but Matty Rao just, I still think he's a freak of nature and that doesn't change in a year of just shit luck. Do you know what I mean? He seems like an absolute professional that would go about his business. He's good on both sides of his body. He can tackle. I just, you know what I mean? It's one of those ones where you watch a player and you still think he's a freak, even if he had a bad year. Yeah, I, just, I yeah, still no, want him. I still I, want him. I, I get it. I get it. But the kid's only played 10 games still. and I just want to see a little bit more of that price. Still a he, freak. Still if he starts freak. off, if he goes bang, bang, first two games, yeah, then I'll, I'll recorrect somehow, but I want to see it again. And that I'm just, yeah, worried yeah, about I guess him with the extra still trades, body. You, yeah, I guess you could trade him in. But for me, if, if people are talking about injuries, I'd rather start him. And um, well, if he gets injured, then move him. I can't see him averaging kind of freak less injury, than his average. So it's not like he's an injury-prone player. It's just they've, yeah, more of that freak side. I just want to see sort of how he fits in now with their setup. Though, I think it's him, that, him Hugh, the pit bull. Hugh, I think it's a pit bull. Hugh Greenwood is gone. So yeah, I think Clayton there, Oliver there back person. a couple of years ago, Clayton Oliver, they put him in the midfield. That was his role straight up midfield. And he went like one fifteen. Matty Rowell is in that midfield a hundred percent of the time. He's resting and playing midfield. It's who else is going to be in there? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like you have a look at, as far as the bigger ones, it'll be Rowell and Hook, and then a whole range of other players like your Andersons and your Wellers or whatever might come in there, etc. But do you know what I mean? He has to be playing basically pure midfield. The one thing that makes me more tempted on Rail as well, it's in 25% of teams. If he has a cracking, um, while well, they're doing that round of, you know, unofficial practice matches, and then they have that preseason game, if he dominates one of those games, that percentage could go 35 40%. And then it becomes a case where it's more risk not to have him than to have him. Yeah. And then yeah, I'd be making the making the change. Well, and if Dun- well, Dunkley apparently has been working on his running too, by the way. So whether that makes me either excited because Dunkley is now he's worked on his running, so that he'll his tank will be better. He'll be able to run out games more. That means he'll be able to have that bigger tank in the midfield. Or it's a bad thing because they want him to play more outside, and he has to run further. <laughs> like I don't <laughs> I don't know if it's a good or a bad thing yet. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, exactly. So, yeah, no, that's interesting. Those who have the uh, sort of super coach golden um, or whatever it's called these days, it's um, yeah, looking at those percentages, you you want to stay close to the grain early on. Um, don't be going out choosing a you know five or six players with percentage under five. Uh, you you want to that for the premiums. You want to keep. You, you, there's nothing wrong with having one pod. You know, but yeah, there's too many teams I think at the moment who are trying to go get really creative and go, oh, I'm going to pick this guy because he's in two percent of teams. Just don't bother on that. Like you look at some of these players that have high percentages. Now we we're just talking about it, like you know Oliver and Walsh, and you know, they're like thirty percent. But even um, your Duncan's and Crisp, twenty six, twenty seven percent. Rouse, twenty five percent. Gresham's twenty three percent. So yeah, if you're looking at trying to get more of these high percentage players in. And then try to choose the ones you kind of like. So there is coach's choice. Um, so naturally, Dakes yeah, and Cornelio are just up trying there, to go by just trying to go by highest price to then start to look at ownership and actually looking at so took thirteen point eight. Uh, again, there's definitely upside down. So Bontepelli for ten percent, I think it's a bargain. Worst case scenario, Bont plays a little bit more forward. 
I, mean, I guess no worst case scenario, he doesn't get forward status and then doesn't quite get enough midfield time either uh, would be the worst case scenario. But I think, he, yeah, again, he still has a high ceiling. Lions, extremely low ownership, but that's probably because of the Lockie Neal factor. Just a better price point, really. Tom Mitchell, low ownership, absolute pig. Can't believe Walsh is owned twice as much, basically, as Titch. As the pig, yeah, I know. See, Lions is a a good one if Neil was coming into this season with a niggle, a bit like last year and that. If he was in that sort of thing, you'd go, okay, that 1%, you you could get the payoff. Where at the moment, Neil's flying, he's fit, McCluggage is fit. So that 1% with Lion, just go down to Tommy Mitchell if you don't have him or Sammy Walsh. Um, Yeah, I think Merritt and uh, Parrish... Probably more so Merit low, has, so has low owned. 3.3 has the potential to definitely be sort of top eight to 10 mids. Um, you know, especially if Parrish ends up doing a little bit more forward or whatever have you. I think, you know, Merritt handles the tag. He is definitely good value. But the issue is for 625, a lot of people are going, you know, Walsh or Mitchell. But that's a pretty good point of difference to have for an Essendon player. That's really good to have. Yeah. Um, um, Petrarca's under 10. Um, yeah, just. I think, yeah. I still think there's value there with Petrarca. We saw Josh what he Kelly did in 2. the finals. 4. Josh Kelly 2.4 is definitely, I think, was, what was he last year? It was about 6 or 7%. Yeah, like, 6 or 7. And I that, was and all the, over yeah, him. And that, yeah, no, I was me. all over him after you got rid of him. Was it you or Chris? Yeah, yeah you that yeah, got rid no, of him. No, it was me. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was me. So I got rid of him because he was playing. I got rid of him for Lockie Neal. Yeah. Because Josh Kelly was playing forward, Lockie Neal came back and then did his ankle in that tackle or whatever it was, basically. Yep. So basically, I brought in Lockie Neal for Josh Kelly. Lockie Neal gets injured. I'm like, well, I'm not bringing back in Josh Kelly. And uh, I think I went Tom Mitchell, which worked out okay. But anyway. Yeah, I think that was me. Dangerfield, 2.3. Yeah, that was Dunkley to Josh Kelly for me when Dunkley went down. Probably the best trade I made last year. I made lots of good trades and lots of bad trades. Uh, Fife and Danger are just so low owned, it's ridiculous. Yeah, um, Fife's going to be one of those ones come round six or round 12. Could be Heppel, uh, everyone 1%. fighting to get them get him in. Heppel 1% should be playing wing. So that's a, another slider, even for draft leagues, people are sliding. Heppel's averaged more than 100 many times. I think this is one of the first pre-seasons he's actually having too. They were saying Heppel's killing yeah. the pre-season. He, first time in, I think, five years, I think he said, he's having like a full pre-season. Yep, exactly. Um, playing the wing, so he's definitely good value. It wouldn't surprise me because everyone's ignoring him that Heppel comes out and averages his usual 103, 104, 105 that he used to do year in, year out. Yeah, no, I think he's a great draft selection, that. Um, you know, <laughs> Blake Hardwick is in 99 teams. I really like him in draft. Like he's been actually training with a lot of the midfield over the over Where the summer he? and he actually averaged really well as a defender. So God, no, but I get in standard. It's um, oh, nobody's going to touch him and that as a defender, but he, he's actually a bit of a watch. Like if a Warple or somebody went down, um, uh, like he could drop down to about 430, 440 early and, yeah, he's the next one that could end up in that Hawks midfield at some point. Yeah. Just Caleb Daniel, seven and a half percent. How is there four thousand one hundred and seven bots? Absolute <laughs> bots. Auto picked your team. Five hundred and ten thousand. Who's your favorite team? Oh, the doggies. They won the premiership. Here you go, Caleb Daniel. Go I saw, I've been looking through Twitter teams and there's quite a few people that have Caleb Daniel in their team. Now, I don't know if it's because they like the helmet or or what about that? But 
Yeah, like he was service for me, serviceable last year. He um, serviced you. Oh, yeah, he sure did, oh. little man. <laughs> no. <laughs> Um, are you talking yeah, that, about him that... or are you talking about you, little man? <laughs> <laughs> that, was a, that was a penis joke. Uh, Caleb Sarong's <laughs> one that keeps coming up, 7.5%. Everyone's thinking he's the Sam Walsh breakout this year. Yeah, it's uh, possible. Though. I think they see Chera going, so they're like, oh, Sarong, um, you know, if you do it more times than once, then you can't be Sarong. <laughs> and that's going to get – that joke's going to come up on the Frio uh, podcast. Never gets old. Um, Simkin 1% could be – he could actually be a real improver. Simkin could be kind of like a Tuke Miller type uh, contested ball winner. Looks fit as absolute F2. Like I've seen a photo of him and um, couldn't put my phone down for about 15 minutes. It's about how long it well, takes, right? Um, he's, he's, only a, he's only a midfielder, but I think he's one that could get dual position early on. Really? I th- no, I think they need him in the midfield. Yeah, yeah but Cunnington Green, gone. Yeah, but yeah, Greenwood, Greenwood coming in. Who else is no, going to be in there though with him? Greenwood, Taran Thomas, um, uh, he, no, Simkins, Cunnington, midfielder before Cunnington, yeah, Anderson, LD, LD Poo. Anderson, Anderson's on leave because he didn't have his jab. Oh, yeah, that's right. He obviously got the jab. Cunnington's got testicular cancer, so he's out for the, LDU. the time being. Uh, yeah, but still, Simkins, he's the, he's the only, he's the big body. He's yeah, the two pillar, and Greenwood gets to play... be Greenwood. Why couldn't he play thirty-five percent mid forward time in those first six weeks? Um, because number one, he'll be playing midfield because the ball doesn't go forward of centre for North Melbourne. Do you not <laughs> well, even know the true. game? Do you not yes, even know that the is game? True. Why, that is true. Why rest like him? Why rest him forward if he plays midfield? He'll automatically be transitioned yeah, into probably, defence to retrieve the ball and at stoppage. Prob- probably right. He probably picks up defender status. Actually, <laughs> the ball spends <laughs> that much time. Down there. Uh, no, I think he'll yeah he'll he'll start in the midfield. The ball will go into defence, and everyone's like, why doesn't he have defender status? He got so much ball on the heat map in defence, but no, it turns out. I think he's pivotal. I think he's that he could be a, a Tuke Miller type. He's young enough. Um, he's he's the big boy in that midfield now. So it wouldn't surprise me if Jai came out and started averaging, you know, high one hundreds. Don't think he'll be a top ten worthy, but for draft leagues, Simpkin for me, I think could push high high hundreds, one hundred five to one twelve. Wouldn't be unreasonable. Yep, for sure. I don't know. It's, it's a gut feel thing, but when you look at that, it is. Midfield, it is. It, it, it That's has one to of those things. Good. Again, it's like unless you're like a North supporter or something like these sort of low percentages, really should be staying over that ten percent. Probably the only difference is the rocks. The rocks is really throwing a bit of a spanner in the works at the moment, as we were talking about before. Like it's either play it oh. safe and go your uh, your big two, or do you just you know it's you know, frustrating. The big O, right, Oscar. The press conference and, and the actual oh. quotes of what he said, people saying, oh, Oscar's sharing ruck status and he might get forward uh, sharing ruck and he might get forward and you're saying he'll be happy if he just plays 20%, 25%, 35% for, uh, you know, of ruck time. It, it was a hypothetical. He's not actually going to be getting that much, like that little ruck time. He's... Basically, what he said is that he loves. He would love five big men to be playing. He would love if there was five rucks in the team. He loves rucks. He can't get enough of them. And he is just extremely ecstatic and fucking stoked to be playing football, right? For the Lions, stoked to be playing football. He'll just do whatever the team needs. And if whatever the team needs is if they play five big men, he's happy to play 20% or 35% ruck. 
and do whatever is needed to be done. So everyone's like, oh my gosh, Fort's going to be the number one ruck and Big O's going to get forward status. I'm like, oh my God, are you, did you actually look at the whole thing or are you just looking at a few little snapshots that people were posting for a bit of clickbait? It frustrates me. Darcy Ford is going to play chop out like um, Joe Danaher did, etc. They're waiting for Hippie to come back. Fort's great cover. Fort will chop out and play some ruck and Big O might rest forward, but he will still be the predominant ruck. Yeah, for sure. Uh, the only concern is that he'll get chopped out, whereas I think his big scores at the end of last year was it was just him. Yeah, exactly. Because right? uh, Danaher had to stay forward. They didn't have a chop out for a hip because Hipwood was gone. So the Big O had to play big minutes running up and down the ground as the actual ruck. So he, he might actually score slightly less than people are expecting, I, you know, if they're going for off the 115 average. Yeah, for sure. The, yeah, Luke Jackson's in 10% of teams. Here, come, here comes the rut breakout. <laughs> no, not this year, guys. Not this year. One more year. No. And again, he had some really good games, but then still didn't score that well from those good games. So they'll, they'll come along. It'll be better. Uh, yeah. Like Darcy, you kind of look at and you're like, oh, like, you know, it looks good. But until he actually gets gone out of the team and starts rucking predominantly, um, Jackson, he's not a goal kicking ruck. He's a pinch hit ruck forward. And they generally, unless they get a lot of ruck time or kick a lot of goals, don't score extremely well for Supercoach. Draft leagues, maybe, if you have a deep draft league. You know, it might end up going 80. But, um, yeah, nothing keeper-worthy. Talking about drafts quick, quickly, Ben, because I'm in one at the moment, which is 16 teams. Uh, Ooh, one question ta- I did. Taylor Adams? Who's, who's Taylor <laughs> Adams gone? One, uh, not yet. One I'm of the questions I had is about, about the rucks and that. So if you're in an 8 or 10 team, uh, league and you don't miss out one of the big boys in Grundy or Darcy, just pump the rucks. You can yep, wait because it. there's going to be plenty of rucks later on um, in these large we'll get, ones. Or we'll get, to, we'll get to, um, Tommy English earlier on. Yeah. Yep. Like, you know, slightly earlier on, put him in your ruck line and then that way everyone knows you're not desperate for a ruck and you might be able to pick up someone decent later and put them into your ruck and then English into your forward line. Yep, exactly. So you you got that option, or if you're in one of these, yeah, sixteen or eighteen. Well, then, yeah, we're seeing it so far where we've had, uh, I think we've had thirty two picks, and I think six rucks have already gone off the board. So, um, yeah, that even then, there's still you know Lysett, Draper, Nancurvis. There's some decent rucks who've got the ability to score eighty five, ninety um, that you can pick up instead of sort of reaching at somebody who might go 105, 110, and I, I'm finding that. Like, I think Natanui, Riley O have already gone off the board in those first two rounds. It's like, it's a bit early. So, yeah, you can, I think, rucks this year, definitely. And there's actually a lot of depth in the, the defense. Um, the forward line, naturally, is always where those, uh, I know a lot of people like to stream and punt forwards, but the top forwards, there's not that many of them um, outside what we pick up from the dual position players in round 6 and 12. So, yeah, I would prefer to, if you're going to make a move early for another line, it's definitely the forwards with your, your Duncans and Dunkleys uh, because, yep. yeah, the, there's plenty of uh, rucks and defenders that you can get later on. And, and plenty of defenders averaging 90-plus as well. Uh, forwards definitely do dip. Uh, as for the ruck thing, I think the last, uh, so what have I won two out of the last, what I won two in a row, lost one, won one. So I think I've won three of the last four maybe of the draft leagues of a competitive 12 team or 10 to 12 team league. And I think most of those I've actually just passed on the ruck for the sheer reason that everyone jumps early. 
and I'll just get whoever. So I think last year I actually had Darcy, which really annoyed me because he started off a bit slow and I dumped him for a speculative up and comer, which kind of hurt. But I did manage, I got like Hickey um, at some point. Um, when he got injured, I managed to pick up, you know, some other players. So I think, you know, like your Mumfords and your other Flins and all these other ones I was able to get that were very serviceable. And then I think at one point I ended up just loopholing. I had an extra uh, midfield player that I just managed to pick up and I was loopholing them. So there are so many options. If you don't get the early rucks, you know, there's so much there. Uh, so much. It's it's stupid how good you can get a ruck late. And what a lot of draft leagues also are doing like the six on the bench or the eight on the bench this year because of COVID. Uh, so yeah, if you're in are. one of those leagues that does that, and let's just say you pick up a Lysert 12th round, 14th round, go and get Sammy Hayes 18th, 19th round um, because then nah. you handcuff them. Lysert goes out, you just bring Hayes in onto your, on your field. So handcuff nah, the rucks where possible. You don't need to do that. You don't need to handcuff in a draft league. Yeah, uh, another, if you've got a big enough bench, you go and handcuff, be, mate. No, nah, still unless you're playing a 16 team or whatever you're doing, there's still plenty of of rock options that you'd be able to get by that point. If, your bench, a, a is big, if your bench is big enough, bench, if you've got one of these bench? four bench ones, no. But if you've got a big enough bench, six or eight on your bench, yeah, go and handcuff, mate. You'll, you'll never be in problem trouble with your rucks. No, just loophole. Loophole away. Free loophole each week. Loophole each week. Yeah, maybe. Okay. If you're into handcuffing 80s, but um, look, we'll see. <laughs> That's a real harsh statement. Um, no, I like it. Benny. Adams, well, Taylor Adams. Taylor Adams. I'm big on him this year. If he stays yeah. fit and healthy, it's his midfield. It is it's his midfield. His, it, it fa- is. Obviously fantasy relevant, but hopefully for, you know, super coach could go 110. Um, Taylor Adams could be back this year. Could be. It's mate. his midfield. It's his we, body. That's that, that'll issue, be our next show. Won't it be Chris talking for 45 minutes about Taylor, Taylor Adams, Adams and Chris's Ooh. midfield? I don't know. I think he, he's getting a bit of love for uh, IQ. I think he's starting to get a bit of a bro oh, bromance yeah. happening. He's like sending videos like, oh, look at his rig. Look at the six-pack as he's rebounding out of the 50. And I much prefer the six-pack in my fridge, Chris. <laughs> love it. Um, oh, I think that probably wraps us up, Benny. But I think yeah, it does, if mate, anybody that, else wants to shout out to us on Twitter or um, or on um, that's a long, YouTube long about their teams or, and stuff like that, maybe we'll get together at some point later in the preseason and go through a few more and – Try to give some more advice as we uh, know the rookies and and where people are going to be playing. Yeah, I think that's right. Thank you very much. That was 50 minutes uh, long-winded chat there, guys. I thought that was going to be real quick, Swizz. We just got yeah, carried I thought away. It was good, but, yeah, I had to shit all had over Nico's team. So Too much fun. Yeah, too much good. fun. Uh, thank you very much. Anyway, until next time, guys. Collingwood's next, so enjoy that um, nice little ragtag that hopefully Chris will be here for. Until next time. See you later. Cheers. Bye. <laughs> The C is for the courage I possess through the drama. H is for the hurt, but it's all for the honor. A is for my attitude, working through the patience. Money comes and goes, so the M is for motivation. Gotta stay consistent, the P is to persevere. The I is for integrity, innovative career. The O is optimistic, open and never shut. And the N is necessary, cause I'm never giving up. See, they ask me how I did it, I just did it from the heart. Crushing the competition, been doing it from the start. They say that every champion is all about his principles. Carry.